Welcome to The Kindness Project, the podcast designed to share stories of kindness and share how kindness can make positive change in our world, one small act at a time. This time on The Kindness Project, holiday traditions, dolphins, and we have part one of our interview with Pinky Lalaney. Welcome, my friends, to The Kindness Project. Um, I'm joined by a girl who's shining, just like a Fifth Avenue diamond. It's Charlotte Ames. Classic. Classic. Uh, and I'm joined by a man who, when packing for holiday, he packs more books than he does pants. <laughs> it's Chris Ames. Oh, that is an amazing intro. Thank you, I came up with it five minutes ago. <laughs> Right, no, look, I, there will be more undergarments in my case by the time we leave okay, for holiday tomorrow. There's four pairs and six books. No, 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 right. There will be more pairs because I, you know what my tradition is when I go on holiday? I like buying new pants and socks. That's my holiday thing, new pants and socks for holiday. Um, so uh, my mummy's, uh, I'm sorry, uh, for new listeners, not my mummy, um, my wife, Cassie, and Charlotte's mum, um, all, mum. Is, is your mum, um, is your mum, <laughs> um, always says, why do you buy new socks and pants on holiday? I think you want to go on holiday and just have some new undergarments. So that that book pant ratio that you've um, very weirdly connected, um, but finally connected, will change. So I will have just as many books as pants, and potentially more pants than books. What's your book to knicker ratio? <laughs> <laughs> uh, two to eight. Two to eight. So you're taking eight books and how many knickers? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh. I'm taking eight books and 24 knickers. <laughs> 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 I'm taking eight knickers and two books. How long are we going for every week? Are you going to have like a knicker change every three hours? <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're gone. I'm burning them. New, new set of knickers. New set of knickers. No, I've got knickers and two books but I am taking Hitchhiker's Guide and it's the complete collection so it's five books in one so it's six yes I don't know I don't know if because I'm taking um, the Spike Milligan collection so it's got all his poetry all his novels everything in there and that counts as one book because it's a compendium so that, that, that Hitchhiker's Guide is a beast of a book isn't it I mean, I'm on the second one. I'm on Restaurant at the End of the Universe. Which is one of my favourites. But quick question. What's the knicker equivalent you're taking of that? Have you got a pair of big knickers that you're, uh, that you're taking? All my knickers are big knickers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. This has got a bit weird now. Um, so we are uh, listeners on holiday from tomorrow. But by the time you listen to this, um, we'll have come back. Yeah, um, cause and they're that, gone again. That's the way, yeah, God again. Because we, number one, we like holidays, and number two, that's how podcasts work. Um, so, uh, but normal business continues because of our esteemed editor, Mr. Russell Dames, who's not here today. But I just thought I'd give him, a, I just, I just thought I'd give him a shout out because of the fine work he does, making sure that even if we're not here, the podcast just carries on. You're awesome, dude. 
Dude, you're awesome. Um, where's the donkey? Dude, dude, where's my car? Um, uh, have you heard? They're remaking Bill and they're not remaking. They're making a sequel to Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Have you ever said? You're looking at me like you don't know what that is. Have I made an early, late 80s, early 90s reference again? And you've gone shoop, straight over your head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell our listeners where they can get in touch with us? Could. Can you? <laughs> will you? I might. Give it a moment. All right. Whenever you're ready. <laughs> yeah, Whenever you're ready. Yeah, let me. Um, I can't remember this Twitter thing. Um, Ola at the <laughs> kindest. Pre- no. 80 odd weeks in, <laughs> and we're still getting the Ola. Ola. And it's getting. The H has completely disappeared. At the start, it was like, Hola. Right. Now it's just, Ola. <laughs> um, yeah, holla at the kindness project. No, no holla kindness. Or holla kindness. Um, uh, it's Facebook and there's a magical search button. You can just find us in there. Yeah, so kindness project. There's I the. Can never find anything on Facebook, so like <laughs> find anything. Good, good job. If you put the kindness project into uh, Facebook or now Google, okay, we come up top. So you can find us straight away. Because as, as we've mentioned over the last few weeks, we are now the... 17th happiest podcast on the planet. Amazing work. Um, still quite proud of that. We, we might be the 17th happiest human podcast. You never know, the penguins might have started the podcast. No, well. no. What's the most happy animal? Clearly the dolphins. Uh, I feel like we're miserable. Right. Okay, well, dolphins get like... And collected and put in captivity, even though they they don't I know, I know, I know. You know, you know, you know what's in, you know, yeah. I, I just like to think of dolphins as quite happy animals, but they are mistreated by humans. Let's be honest. And that I makes mean, there's there is an amazing movie, quite a sad movie, um, but an amazing movie called um, I think it's called Blackfish or I've something like it. that. Um, that that um, watching it made me decide never ever to yeah, visit yeah to visit a um, sea life centre or anything like that again because I I always assumed incorrectly that sea life centres were about um, preservation and conservation and uh, good treatment of animals and you can see why I mean. Yeah, sometimes this stuff's obvious, but you need it pointed out that actually dolphins are never designed to be lived in, lived in ca- captivity. Um, so, so yeah, so it's a uh, it's a really interesting film. However, yeah. However, this week's question is a little bit different. It is what who is in your personal opinion the most overrated actor or musician? I know who yours is. Who? Nick Cage. I wouldn't be surprised if I had people agree with me on that particular point. Who's yours? I don't know. You like everybody, don't you? People are nice. No. no. People are nice. People are horrible. No, no, people are nice. Some people are nice. Um, Most people are nice. A lot of actors are really nice as well, and like, funny. I like watching the videos of like them doing the interviews. Have you seen some of the um, ones with Ben Cumberbatch and Tom Holland? They just kind of have to stop him. You know, you, you know what I quite like. I quite like a celebrity impression. Do you know, I, I like an impression of. I tell you, who does it really well. We played. Um, 
Oh, oh, what's his name? Um, it was Tom, Tom he was in. Dan, he was in Benedict Cumberbatch. Does a few impressions, but there's he a. He can't say penguin. Um, he can't say penguin. No. Um, um, but who's the actor who played um, o, um, Loki in the Marvel comics? Tom Hiddleston. No, I might have got that wrong. But he does a set of amazing impressions. So I like watching on YouTube, watching actors doing impressions of other actors. That's all good fun. Um, But apart from Nicolas Cage, I can't think of anybody that springs to mind. So listeners, we need your help. We need to understand who you think is massively overrated. Now, let me just raise one particular point, okay? Uh, I have been accused on Twitter when I asked this question of not being particularly kind. And as we are the kindness project, I thought I'd highlight that particular point. Um, It's a personal opinion. Doesn't mean you're right. It means that you just think they're a bit overrated. And I appreciate the feedback that maybe we should ask... um, only positive, optimistic questions, but we're not saying they're bad. We're not saying they're bad. We're saying they're overrated. People think too highly of them. Exactly. Um, so, um, apologies for those of you who thought this um, question is kind, uh, unkind. It's not. It's meant with all the love in the world. Also, it's funny. So, <laughs> so with all the love in the world, who's a bit rubbish? <laughs> um, uh, so, so that's it for this intro this week. Shall we crack on with the show? Oh, yes. Our guest this week has got a Wikipedia entry, which is a bit amazing, because uh, our guest this week is a lady called um, Pinky Lelaney. Um, now, she's known as Pinky Lelaney. Her actual name is Nusrat Mebub Lelaney, and I've just probably absolutely botched that. So apologies. Um, but let me tell you about Pinky. She's an author, motivational speaker, food expert and women's advocate. She's the founder and chair of several awards, recognising influential women and leaders. Okay. Now, the reason that I wanted to interview Pinky is because she, uh, she was the um, founder of an award... Um, that highlighted kind leaders in business. And I thought, you know, if there's one place that we need um, a bit more kindness or highlighting a bit more kindness, it's in the world of work. So I wanted to talk to her about that, but also talk to her about the amazing work she's done um, over the years. And guess what? Because she runs a food business, a lot of the talk is about food. Would you like to listen? Go on, then. Hi, Pinky, how are you? I'm very good. Good. Thank you so much for coming on The Kindness Project. We really appreciate you uh, coming on to talk about us. Now, I know I know a little bit about you, but I want you to share with our listeners a little bit about you. So tell me a little bit about you. Um, well, basically, I came to England um, about 40 years ago when I got married. Um, I came in three weeks after meeting my husband in India, and... 
and um, I've been an amazing journey because I think the most important thing for me was being a mother. Okay. Then after having had my children, I decided I wanted to do something more, and so I, I learned to cook, because obviously I didn't know how to cook coming from India, so food became a very big part of my life, because in India, that's the center of everything. Yep. So I was teaching people how to cook, I wrote two cookery books, and then I really wanted to more for the empowerment of women, and I set up the Asian Women of Achievement Awards, and went on to set up the Women of the Future Program, which is about six different programs, rolled into one. Um, and I do a lot of work also in the charity sector, so I'm on the board of the Royal Commonwealth Society, I'm patron of Frank Water, um, and so I, you know, I try and try to do different things, I'm a deputy lieutenant for London as well. Ah. And so, um, you know, lots of different things, but what I enjoy most is bringing people into my home. Okay. To meet people they would otherwise never meet. So for me, that's really, really important. That, that's really interesting. So I've got a few questions off the back of that answer. I We actually met a deputy. We had a deputy lieutenant for Havering on the podcast um, a few weeks ago. Um, and I didn't realise that job existed. So how did you get involved in that? The, the deputy lieutenant's role. How did you get involved in that originally? No, I didn't. I sorry, sorry. How, when, when you... Um, uh, I, I was saying that we... Recently, we had a deputy lieutenant on the podcast talking about... Okay, okay. How, how, did you, how did you get involved in that role? Well, I think it's, it's by appointment, so you can't... Yeah, your that's right. That be a deputy lieutenant, it's very much they're looking around for people who would, you know, kind of be good in that role. That's right. I was just recruited in that way. How do they send you the letter? Do they, is it a phone call? Is it a letter? How does it work? About the deputy lieutenant? Yeah. Well, it's, you know, you're called up to do There is. And so when the Lord Lieutenant can't go, he may ask the deputy too. So I get called up occasionally. But uh, the other thing I'm involved in with the Lieutenancy is looking at the Queen's Awards for Excellence. Okay. So in the London area, we're looking at who can be nominated, how do we recognize them, and do the research on that. So I do a little bit of work on that. Okay. Um, and let's talk food before we get into the uh, what you do in the area of women's empowerment. Uh, before the podcast, we were talking about omelettes, and I, I got really scared because I think my omelette's really good, but I'm sure that if you tried it, I'd, 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 I'd have plenty of room for improvement. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, can I ask, what's your speciality dish? What what dish do people like rave about? But what dish are you working on at the minute to improve? Well, I, you know that's a very interesting question because part of my life is going to give talks on leadership and inspiration. Okay. Um, and I always keep my wok with me, so at the end of a talk, I'll plug my wok in spicy Bombay potatoes because it's easy, it's tasty, it's very 
super flipping through watch that they're power people. They will think I can go away and talk that in so simple. Yeah. But I actually don't like speaking five people every day to set up office. I would say I love you know, I I I, I love maps and things like that. I like listen, suddenly I've decided I want to do um this Russian salad with tuna, so it's it's Russo salad Russo. Okay. I try to perfect my salad Russo. Okay. Um, Okay, interesting. So, um, tell me, tell me about a little bit about the Women Women of the Future program. Well, the Women of the Future program really is um, our flagship program aimed at empowering the next generation of leaders. But there's very emerging leaders, so it's women under thirty-five. So we started with the award, so we recognise women under thirty-five in fourteen different categories. So it's very rich because it's cross-sectoral, so from construction to yep. entrepreneurship to art and culture. And then because, you know, it was so successful and we had all these amazing women who wanted to keep in touch, we set up the Women of Future Network because I think networks are incredibly important Agreed. in business success. Agreed. Then we went on to set up a school program because, again, getting the right role models for six formers is vital if we're going to get them inspired and them to really go into industries they would never think of. So we have a school program where we send our role models into school. We take six formers out to visit other corporates. Yeah. Then we have um, a summit, like a mini, mini British version of a Davos. Okay. Um, so that's part of it. And then we've gone to Southeast Asia now, so we spread our wings. And then we have the kindness list, which is about leadership and kindness. I love it. So I've, I've got I've got loads of questions about this because, as you know, we were speaking before the podcast. I've got two daughters, and I'd like them to be equipped with the knowledge that if they want to do something, they can. Uh, I don't want them to have any limits in terms of their aspirations. Um, but but what challenges do you when you especially when you go into schools? What challenges do you face with um, with helping kids understand that there's no limits? I think, you know, there are several things. For one thing, sometimes they've never had role models. Yep. Um, sometimes they come from families where they haven't had opportunities. If you live in a family, you come from um, a deprived, a socially disadvantaged family who never, you've never met a lawyer, you've never met yeah. somebody who's been a trader. Yeah. You're never even going to think of those careers. And I yeah. think that's where we need to be very... Um, you know, clued on about how do you tell people you can do anything? What are you passionate about? And yeah. I think when going into schools, it's about helping them with their self-belief, their confidence, and, you know, get, getting them enthused about areas they would never have. Yeah. And the thought of also meeting people, I think sometimes we take them to a, you know, we took them to Aviva last week, and they entered this beautiful corporate They've never been into such a beautiful building overlooking the city. They got a lovely lunch. They met people. And they came out thinking, I went in there. I didn't make a mess of things. I was able to speak. I didn't drop my plate. Yep. Um, and we come back full of confidence because yeah. that's what we need to be. 
Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. I think that when you, uh, and I'm from a working class background um, from, from the East End, but when you get to meet people professionally and you realise actually they're not that different from me, <laughs> you, you turn around and go, actually, what was I worried about? And one of the... One of, one of, yeah, one of, one of the conversations we have quite a lot in the Kindness Project is that perception versus reality. And I, I, there, was a lady, um, there was a lady who came on called Tracy Walsh, who runs the East End Community Foundation. And, um, and we were talking about the fact that people who live on the other side of Canary Wharf, um, on the sort of in some of the council estates in, in town, it's look over at Canary Wharf and can't see how to bridge that gap, even though it's only an hour, uh, only a, a mile away. And taking people into those sort of environments is the first step, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's like really exposing people to like two weeks ago, I took 14 women from the Women of the Future to have tea with John Berto. Yeah. And he has said, while he speak up, I could bring these amazing women to meet him. So these girls came all from all over England. And obviously, John Berto has been very much in the news just now. Yeah. And talking to him, being there, they were so energized because he made them believe anything is possible. Love it. Um, Absolutely and I love it. It's very important to be, you know, like, he, he took time to talk to every single woman and take a picture with her so instead of being with us for 15 minutes. Yeah. He was there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And that shifted the dial for them. Yeah, love it, love it. And you mentioned that you're now expanding the Women of the Future program to Asia. Um, one of the one of the things that I'm curious about is the cultural differences between the UK and Asia, and how you potentially overcome some of those. So help me understand a little bit about that. Um, well, you know, um, my son always tells me culture is strategy for breakfast. Okay. And that's so true uh, because we went to Southeast Asia and. Um, you know, they were, it was a different cultural set, but essentially I found everyone around the world is the same. All the women we've met really wanted to be part of the narrative. They wanted to excel. They wanted to make a difference. They wanted to be collaborative. And I think that's where the similarities lie, where the differences are they aren't used to putting themselves forward. Okay. They're much more reluctant to be, you know, saying, hi, I'm there, look at me. Yep. Um, whereas here you will find more of those. Okay. So I think that was the difference. And also, you know, they're not used to young people being acknowledged, and nobody is doing cross-sectoral in Pan-Asia for women under 35. And a lot of them felt, well, you know, I'm going to be 50 before I've really achieved anything. Why should I, how can I enter? Right. And actually, they are there are absolutely exemplary. Uh, really interesting. Now, one of the things that um, you mentioned in one of, the, one of the articles I read about you is that connection between, that perceived connection between kindness and weakness. Now, I, I believe that that's untrue. Um, I don't think kindness is a weak trait to have. Um, I, I believe, like you, that the opposite of, is true. But why do you think the connections been made between weakness and kindness and what can we do to actually pr promote kindness as a strong trait? I think, you know, um, the fact is we live in a very macho world, you know, the world of finance and business where 
everything is on ROI, what's the profit level, and yeah. then would they feel, in the 80s, I remember there were all those movies about yeah. these men who were ruling the world, and, um, and the thing is, it's always about being cutthroat and ruthless to win, and right. that was the kind of mindset that people thought, that people had to be really brutal to win and to be a leader. And I think it's quite the opposite. I think you need to be really self-confident, you need to be sure of yourself, you need to be um, compassionate, to be kind. And actually kindness to me makes so much business sense. So we've been, it's been in the DNA of all our programs, I've been tagging on about 15 years, because I think for me, everyone can be kind. And so it gives power to everyone. Yeah, agreed. Um, you know, but the word empower really resonates with kindness, because anybody who meets me on the road can be kind to me, and therefore they have power. Yeah, um, yeah. And nothing else, like, you know, you don't need money, you don't need a PhD, yeah. you know, don't need to be, you know, belonging to a certain class to be kind. Mm. Therefore, when anyone can be kind, you can keep extending that kindness. And there's so much of reciprocity in the world that the minute you're kind, I think you keep you keep building like a bank account of kindness. Yeah, and great. in the end, you know, when you want something, there's so many people who want to repay your kindness. Absolutely agree. It's, it's absolutely, for me, it's, it's just yeah i think i think the interesting thing for me is I, I i i agree i think that perception that you've got to be you've got to make unkind decisions is uh probably a bit of a throwback to how business was a few years ago but actually i think the for me being being kind and being good is the best longer term strategy so, so in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, short-term profits may be less if you make some, but, but the reality is that most businesses are about people, they're about relationships, and actually doing the right thing and doing the good thing will always pay off at the end. But maybe that's the um, rose-tinted glass optimist in me wanting to come out. <laughs> <laughs> Only a couple of years, Pinky. Uh, Absolutely agree with that. So you must see loads of amazing examples of uh, kindness in business and leadership. Watch some of your favourites. Well, you know, so many of them, and one of them that I will never forget is um, I, you know, obviously I was speaking and I charge for that part yep. of my work. And I remember somebody called me from India and said, uh, "Man, she said my boss had heard you in England. She's now moved to India." And, um, you know, we'd love you to, when you come here next to speak, what would you charge? 
Absolutely, that, that, that's absolutely right. So that was Pinky. What did you think of her? It was Pinky. What, what did you think? <laughs> um, oh yeah, I thought she was amazing. And in the second part of the interview that's going to be out next week, we'll share more about Pinky's life and um, talk, share her answers to the question of the podcast and expect more food chat. Ooh. Shall we get on with the show? Now, this is the bit, Charlotte, you come into your own because you love doing the end. Oh, is that what we're doing? I feel like we keep missing segments. Well, you know what? I'll tell you why we keep missing segments. is because we have shelved Kindness News. Kindness News used to be quite a big segment. I think we bring it back. Um, No. Yeah, I know why you don't want to bring it back because I asked you to get research your news. Yeah, and I always ended up you, you, struggling to find them because I kept finding the same stories over and over again. It was like the same categories and it was like the same people are being kind and it's like... There's no, there's a, there, right, there are millions of people in the world being kind. I say we keep it shelved. Why, why are we saying it's shelved? Is that because it's too much like hard work, Charlotte? No, because it's smoother to record it without... What was that arm gesture? And how would you explain that to our podcast listeners? It was a, it was a hand wiggle. It was a hand wiggle, right? Fair enough. For now, we'll keep it shelved. We might I might reserve the right to bring back in the future, though. Why are you doing sad face? <laughs> li- literally, you are a walking emoji at the minute, <laughs> just like sort of sad face, hand wiggle. Um, right? Should we? There's no hand wiggle emoji. There should be, but there's not. Okay, I'm getting, I'm getting onto it. I'm with it. <gasps> Don't laugh at me. Uh, 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 I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Tis the end! But the end, my friend. Is never the end. Because the, the end, end is always the beginning of something new. Because the end is actually the start of last week's question of the podcast. Answered this week. Go on then. Um, and last week's question of the podcast was What's your ideal Sunday morning? And in honour of Pinky, our, uh, our interviewee this week, there's a lot of food in some of these answers. <laughs> um, so, uh, first one was from friend of the show, Robbie White, who said, um, uh, uh, Someone making me breakfast and cooking Sunday dinner. Okay. Lucy Patrick went, My ideal Sunday morning is not having a Sunday morning at all because I'd be sleeping. 
I longed for my younger days when I could lay in bed till about 11-ish, uh, fall straight into a full English, and now I wake up with the birds and just content with not actually moving out of bed till 8am. <laughs> so she's, um, she's had to get up a bit earlier as she's got older. Heidi Ball said, bacon and eggs, coffee, sofa, duvet, film with the kids. Now, I get why um, she'd want bacon, eggs and coffee, but I don't know genuinely what the sofa tastes like. I mean, that, that's, that's quite an unusual, that's quite an unusual um, thing to eat. Mark O'Halloran said, um, lay in uh, uh, till about 10, then bacon, egg and bread. So yes, there is a lot I of food. I think the sofa would taste like butt. <laughs> I genuinely don't know what to say about that. Um, uh, Tasman Kane said, this morning was a good one. It was a bacon snarmy, coffee and the Cricket World Cup. Um, uh, Alison said, lying, pancakes, bit of reading and then walkies with my golden one. Now I'm assuming she's talking about a dog and not a husband or her kids. I don't know though. Is your whole family blonde? Yeah. <laughs> we are all golden. We are the golden ones. We're the golden family. What colour would we be as a family? Oh, brown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wouldn't be brown. We'd be orange. <laughs> We'd be orange. No, Trump would be orange. We'd be um, purple. We'd be a very dark colour because like, that's all we wear other than so. And she just went like, I'm wearing mostly dark colours under my shirt. We'd be monochrome, we'd be black and white. Um, uh, Sean Atkins said, it'd be a... It, it, <laughs> we are black and white and very dull. Um, Sean said, it'd be at the gym boxing. And Trace Voice said, poach eggs and spinach on toast, followed by a double cardio session at the gym. And you can always tell when my gym friends make comments, <laughs> because it's all about the, it's the gym. Hashtag gym life. Um, Scott Goswell went, walk in the park. <laughs> Just a walk in the park on his own with a friend. Have you got know. a water bottle? Have you got a bacon sandwich? Have you got a bacon sandwich? Have you got a dog? Are you with your golden family? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, John Cooks. <laughs> I'm with my golden family. Um, John Cook said he'd have a lion with the pooch joining me on the bed, the archers, and followed by a bit of desert island discs whilst gaming, or when the opportunity arises, a big breakfast followed by a Comic Con. <laughs> That's what you go for. And Kim, Kim Parks said uh, not working. So her favourite um, favourite morning to when she isn't working. Um, Impossible Elf, at Impossible Elf on Twitter, said adult content not disclosed. <laughs> All right, Impossible Elf, what you got to in the confines of your own home is up to you. And the, at Jewelster100 on Twitter, Chris G said, I'd wake up early, enjoy the silence of the house, breakfast out in town with good coffee in the paper. Simple, but great. Who are you avoiding in the silence of the house? I'd wake up with my golden family, <laughs> ignore them, and, get, and then every time they spoke, just went, silence! <laughs> 
And then I'd go out and get breakfast and a coffee. Sounds amazing, actually, Chris. On my own with the paper. Um, So that, my friends. And the golden dog. (laughs) I am taking the golden family. Um, uh, that, my friends, is the end, the actual end of the podcast. <laughs> we will see you next week. Or not. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.